I'm Ashley. I'm Jen. And I'm Sarah. And we are Unabridged, the podcast where teachers take on books. Join us each week for bookish episodes and check out our website, unabridgedpod.com, where you can find lots of new bookish content every week. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at unabridgedpod and message us there or see our website to get plugged into the unabridged community. You want opinions about books? We've got them. everyone and welcome to episode 200. Let's pause just a moment and relish that we have reached <laughs> episode 200. Woo-hoo. So today's yay. <laughs> yay all the cheers. We need some air horn sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so our topic today for episode 200 is our latest memoir recommendations for 2021. First, I want to remind everyone about our Unabridged Ambassadors program. We have been having fun since August, celebrating a year of ambassadors. Our first ambassadors joined the community in August 2020, and it's hard to believe that that's been around a year as well, but we are so grateful for our ambassadors. So if you're interested in the program, you can go to our website, unabridgedpod.com slash ambassadors to find out more. But basically, this is a program where our community of ambassadors helps to promote episodes and help us make decisions about episode topics and books we might want to read. And then in turn, they get some fun swag and we highlight our ambassadors every weekend. And yeah, we just have a lot of fun. It's a great group and we really enjoy that community. So again, if you're interested, you can go to unabridgedpod.com slash ambassadors. All right. So before we get talking about our memoirs, we are going to do our bookish check-in. Sarah, what are you reading? I am reading Shira Frankel and Cecilia Kang's An Ugly Truth Inside Facebook's Battle for Domination. And it is very interesting. It's also very disheartening to listen to it because they really did all of this research and examining Facebook's role in the perpetuation of false news during the 2016 presidential election. But in addition, they really examine how Facebook came to be, the structure of their management team, how the management team and the goal of Facebook from the beginning really influenced the way they handled issues when they realized that there were security breaches and data and privacy issues in like 2015, 2016. It's fascinating. And it's very, like I said, as a, as a person who, you know, puts things on social media, it's a really kind of a wake up call for what the goals of the social media companies are, what they're dealing in, which is our information. That's what makes money for social media companies. It's a great read. It's well-researched, well-documented. They interviewed, I mean, their interviews, their research, it's impeccable. But again, like if if you start in on this, just be prepared that it's going to make you question some things that you maybe hadn't thought about questioning. But I'm really enjoying it. I'm listening to it on audio And I think it's an important listen or read for anybody who is worried about the way that false news kind of gets into our society and is then 
represented as the truth. So I'm really enjoying it, but it's uh, it's not an easy read. So that is Shira Frankel and Cecilia Kang's An Ugly Truth Inside Facebook's Battle for Domination. Wow. That, yeah, that sounds so good and important, but also I feel like I need to be in the right headspace for a book like that. Yeah. His books that make me question the truth of my everyday life are <laughs> not, not easy reads. So, but yeah, that sounds really good. Ashley, how about you? What are you reading? So one of the things I'm reading right now is Maureen Johnson's Truly Devious. I have had this one on my Kindle for a long time and have wanted to read it and just hadn't gotten around to it, but I'd heard such great things. I am not a mystery reader very often, but have found that I really have enjoyed the ones that I've read. And part of that is because the ones that I've read have been highly recommended and have been a lot of fun. And so this one, I've only read a little bit, but I will say that it really grabbed my attention right away and it balances both fun storytelling with a really somewhat troublesome situation and i think that that is hard to do but it's also what cozy mysteries do well so this focuses on an academy that is in a very reclusive part of vermont and the academy is set up for the best and brightest of the future generation who are you know, artists or inventors or just out of the box thinkers. And it sets up in the little bit that I've read so far, you see two different timelines happening. The first thread that you see is Albert Ellingham himself, who is the founder of the Academy. And you see this unsettling event unfold and you don't know all of the details at first, but you can see that it's problematic and pretty disturbing. And so that grabbed my attention. And then we cut to Stevie and she is in the current timeline and she is, she doesn't really know why she's been selected to be at the Academy, but she has an opportunity to go and is very interested in getting away from the kind of generic box education. And so because of that, you see her and her family and their view of what Ellingham Academy is like as they're arriving to this really remote, very ostentatious area where the school is. And so that's kind of where I am is seeing those two things lining up. And it is all the things I was hoping for in A Cozy Mystery. It's moving really quickly. I love the storytelling itself. And I'm interested to see how those threads all tie back together. And Stevie's a great character. So I'm curious to see more about her. So again, that's Maureen Johnson's Truly Devious. I just finished that and absolutely loved it. But it's one of those that it's dangerous because the whole series is out and I just want to read all of them. And I can't right now at this <laughs> moment in my life. So yeah, I can't wait to see what you think of the end. What about you, Jen? What are you reading? So I am reading, thanks to Libro FM's ALC program, TJ Newman's Falling. And wow, this is a compelling, action-packed book. So the premise is it starts with a pilot on for this, I think it's called Coastal Airlines. And he's on his plane and he gets a message from his family and when he gets in touch with them, there's a co-pilot, I should say. So when he's communicating, he is not the only pilot. But when he gets in touch with them, he finds out that there is a person in his home 
he has strapped his wife with explosive devices and he has two kids who are also there. They're gagged and under the control of this person. And the person is saying that Bill either has to crash the plane, killing everyone on board, or they're going to kill his family. And so that is the premise. And eventually I'm not super far in it, but I have gotten a couple of other perspectives. So there's also a flight attendant on board, Joe, and she is one of the perspectives. So Bill does bring her in fairly early and lets her know what's happening. And then she, of course, is trying to figure out what to do with the passengers. Oh, Bill has also been told that there is someone on the plane that if he does not follow through, that person is going to take care of crashing the plane. And he doesn't know who it is, but that does mean that Joe has to be very careful in what she's revealing to the passengers because she doesn't know who the other person who's in on this whole plot is. And then there is an FBI agent who is the third perspective. So it is propulsive and frightening. I'm glad I'm not flying anytime soon. And yeah, it's really, really good. The audio is great. And so that is TJ Newman's Fallen. Sounds anxiety inducing. I know. I was like, I don't know if I have anything useful to say back on that one. I accept that it's not for me. So thank you for sharing yep. that summary yep. because that is not for me. <laughs> I, have, I have seen it all over Instagram, but I did not know anything about the premise. But there you go. All right. Yeah. Well, I hope you that's a good it. one. Trigger warnings abound, perhaps. Although honestly, even hearing the premise might be bad enough. So sorry. <laughs> I, should have, I should have handed out some trigger warnings before I even started describing that premise. I should be okay, but I do a lot of flying, so I will not be I will not be partaking in that one. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> that is very smart. Yep. All right. Well, we are going to move on to our main discussion. Each of us is going to share a memoir that we have enjoyed. Ashley, what memoir do you want to share? So I would like to share, this one is also from Libro FM's ALC program. This is Jenny Lawson's Broken in the Best Possible Way. And this I listened to through Libro FM and she reads it herself. And we've talked many times about how with memoirs, it's just such a joy to hear the author themselves do the reading. And so I think that really enhances what is to begin with a really great book. This is a collection of essays and she explores a tremendous range of topics. And some of them are absolutely hysterical and just so laugh out loud funny. And then others are really heartbreaking and devastating. And I think she runs that spectrum really well in her writing. So she explores a lot of different things, but a lot of what she's looking at in her memoir is her own journey with illness and chronic illness. She explores the mental health aspects and also physical aspects of living with chronic illness. And she also looks at how difficult it is to carry yourself in a world that does not seem to want to serve you. And so I think, you know, part of the things that really resonated for me were when she has, there's a part where it's an open letter to insurance companies and she chronicles her own experience with denial of coverage and she does need a lot of medications and she was denied them and she really just 
explores what that looks like for a person when you are taking away the right to have the medication that keeps you alive. And so I felt like that was just really resonant and explores something that is deeply problematic in America. And I think she does it so well and has this micro focus. So that's just one example, but she does that with a lot of different things. And so that's what I really loved is just her ability to explore the micro and the macro and to look at how those fit together. She does it with, she has a lot of really nice, although it is a memoir and she's looking at her own life, there's some really beautiful metaphors that she incorporates into it that are just really vivid. And she explores what they mean to her. So there's a whole part where something in her house breaks and she is just completely destroyed by the fact that it broke. And it's just that looking at how sometimes you want to put together the pieces. And she talks about the art of Japan where you take the gold blue essentially and like put things back together, but you can see all the cracks. And so she really, I think that that goes really nicely with the title. So it was a dove that she talks about in the book, but I think it goes nicely with what she's saying about her own experiences that she is broken, but that she sees the beauty and the breakage. And I think that all of that works really well. I also think that she accounts in a very honest way what it is like to be married for a long time to another person <laughs> and she's just really honest about what it's like the ins and outs of living together and the ups and downs of that and I mean, one of the things that stood out to me was like she talks about how she has this great relationship with her husband but that at least once a year they have this horrible fight at which point she's always like oh we're gonna get a divorce but then time passes, everything's fine. And alas, <laughs> they make it through another year, you know, it's just like, it's just that like levity, but also seriousness of the weight of heavy things. And she talks a lot about her own depression and her struggles with that and how paralyzing that really is for her at times in her life. And then she also, one of the things I found really fascinating was her discussion of the various treatment methods that she has tried. And so she talked extensively about her experience with essentially shock therapy and what that did for her and how it was really effective for her when she was in a very long-standing dark period how that did have she just kind of goes through her journal of that and like what it was like to go through the treatment what effect it had on her she monitored her mood throughout all of it and then how long lasting it was and all of that was really fascinating and i think helpful for people to see someone's individual experiences told in that kind of way so instead of reading it through a medical journal or something she's just sharing her experiences of walking with depression and what that life has been like for her and finding her way forward and so i mean i just thought it was absolutely beautiful vulnerable very honest and i just yeah i thought it was really great so again that is jenny lawson's broken in the best possible way and i loved it on audio i think it would have been great as a reading experience as well and Jen had recommended this one to me. So I know that she enjoyed it too. Yeah, I loved it so much. And you're right. Just, I mean, I, there were several times I had to pause the audio because I was laughing too hard to hear what she was saying. <laughs> but then there are also these moments that brought me to tears. And I just think authors, yeah, she she just hits both sides of that emotional spectrum so brilliantly. I really want to read more of her work. I really want to read that. That's on my list of things to read. I think you would love it. 
You would love it, Sarah. I, well, there was a whole chapter that was basically people on Twitter admitting these like unbelievably humiliating things <laughs> that they have had that they did. And she just reads them all. And it is absolutely hilarious. I mean, it's like a stand up yeah. comedy routine. I mean, it, yeah. it's absolutely hilarious. But but I think it also speaks to her vulnerability and the way that by opening that doorway, she makes space for other people to be vulnerable too. And I think that's what I really, mm -hmm. that's what really resonated for me is that she just, she helps the audience. She's always looking at the audience and is very much including you in her story. And I think she's kind of saying, this journey is hard for me and it's okay if it's hard for you too. I mean, I think there's a lot of that feeling in the, in the collection. Such a good recommendation. Oh, all right. Sarah, how about you? Which memoir are you going to recommend? So the one that I'm going to recommend, it actually was one of my favorite books of the year for 2020. So, and I did speak about it in 2020 during one of our bookish check-ins, but mine is going to be Colin Jost's A Very Punchable Face. I love this memoir so much. I I mean, I love Saturday Night Live and I love to watch it and I love the cultural phenomenon that it is and that it's endured for 45 plus seasons. So I really enjoyed Jost's perspectives as a writer on SNL, but it's much more than that. I mean, he really talks about his life and I mean, he just has had a very remarkable life. He is from Staten Island. His mom, he's very close with his mom. She was involved in helping firefighters during 9-11. So he talks about that and that, it, I mean, she's a doctor. And so she was involved in helping the firefighters like with injuries. And I mean, she was just very involved in his recounting of how like how he looks up to his mom and their relationship and how worried he was for her and what she did. I laughed out loud during this book, but I also cried because it was just very poignant. I mean, he's just very unfiltered. And I mean, just the name of the book, A Very Punchable Face, like that, that came from people telling him that, that he had a very punchable face. And I don't know, it's just it was way more than I expected it to be. And I did, of course, listen to it on audio because I love hearing it. He reads it and it just was really funny. I mean, he tells how he met Scarlett Johansson. He met, I mean, he talks about a lot of things that I knew peripherally about his life, but like you get the story behind it. And I just, I thought it was excellent. And I think it gave him a lot more depth, you know, than what you see on SNL. And I mean, I just, I hadn't seen a lot like of interviews and things with him. And so I just really felt like it was an excellent memoir. It's really funny. He is kind of a no holds barred approach to telling storytelling. And it's just, it's great. It's really funny. And it, get, it also gives a lot of insight into how difficult it is to be a cast member on SNL and a writer. I mean, because he, he appears on film and he also writes. So it is grueling. And so it gives you some behind the scenes look at that, which I also appreciated. So that is Colin Jost's A Very Punchable Face. And I highly recommend that memoir. You know, I love SNL and somehow <laughs> I have still not gotten to that book. So yeah, I need to pick it up soon. You know, a lot of times you don't think of memoirs necessarily as like page turners, but I just could not get wait to get back to this one because I also enjoy laughing and I enjoy things that bring levity in my life. So I think that this was a great mixture of 
being heartfelt but also in earnest, but also just really hilarious. Jen, what is your recommendation? So I am recommending Ashley C. Ford's Somebody's Daughter. And I picked this up because there was an episode of Book Riot, the podcast, where they had the audio of Somebody's Daughter, which Ashley C. Ford reads. And they played the first chapter and then they did a deep dive into it. And it is brilliant. It is such a captivating first chapter. And then in one of those great moments of the world is working in my favor, I realized that that was one of Libra FM's ALC picks for that month. So I immediately hopped over, downloaded that and listened. And this is just a remarkable memoir. So, so again, she does read it. Her story goes through a lot of different journeys, but one of the most important things to know, the title is Somebody's Daughter, is the role of her parents in the book. So her father has been in prison since she was a very small child and she really does not know him. But that fact is ever present in the way she builds her identity and who she is. And she has a very, very problematic relationship with her mother, who was, you know, her only parent at home. And in that opening chapter, it's amazing how quickly she communicates this sort of cordial relationship she has with her mother. But you can feel that there is a lot swimming underneath. And she has a tough life in many ways, but the beginning starts in her adulthood when she finds out her mom calls her and says that her dad is going to be released from prison. And then it flashes back and tells the story from her childhood. And if you are a sensitive reader, you definitely want to Google this one because there are a lot of trigger warnings. I don't want to list those all here, but Ford goes through a lot of experiences, both in her own family. She experiences abuse at the hands of family members. She experiences sexual abuse and I think what made me love this so much is that you see the way she has worked through that. And actually, you mentioned vulnerability, and I feel like Ford is very vulnerable, and that vulnerability has given her strength. She has faced so many of the things she's gone through, and just she is really honest about them. She has not cut off ties with her family, but she needed distance from them. And you see her working through what it takes for her to be a healthy adult who is happy with who she is with the way she looks, with her body, with her relationships. She's just an amazingly strong person. Her writing is phenomenal. So again, I feel like, I feel sure this would be great on the page, but listening to her narrate that story was so powerful and so moving. As always, listening to someone read their own memoir, that's an experience that I think is just, it almost always adds power to the book. So yes, she's a great writer. That is her profession. In the Book Riot, the podcast episode, they also did a previous episode that they had done from a writing live series. And they have this whole interview with her where she talks about who she was as a reader and how she became a writer. So we'll link to that in the show notes because I think that episode is a great entree into her work and into thinking about who she is. And then to go back and see the path that brought her there is just, it's an amazing reading experience. So I highly recommend it. I cannot wait to read anything that she comes out with. I immediately followed her on Twitter and she's a great Twitter follow too. So that is Ashley C. Ford's Somebody's Daughter. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I've heard such good things about that one. I definitely want to dive in. It's a great, great story, but I do think you need to be in the right headspace to listen. So that's one of those 
proceed with caution. Again, I feel like we've had a lot of this this episode, but anyway. All right. Well, we would love to know what memoirs you would recommend. So if you head over to Instagram or to our website, underbridgepod.com, you can comment and let us know what memoirs you would recommend. To close out our episode, we're going to do our Give Me One. And today's topic is one hobby you'd like to try. And this is from Holly, one of our unabridged ambassadors. So Sarah, what's a hobby you'd like to try? The hobby that I would like to try is hand lettering. I love to watch YouTube videos or reels on Instagram of people doing the hand lettering. And I've gone so far as to buy the supplies and I signed up for a free course, but I just have not taken the plunge to take the time to do it. But it's something that I find very soothing to watch. And so I would like to try it on my own, but I haven't yet. But that is one I would like to dive into. That's a fun one. You know, I love that. I was going to (laughs) say, Ashley's all over that one. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Ashley, how about you? So I, this one's going to be a retry for me, but uh, I would like to try knitting. So in my early adult life, I started knitting. I got a book and I just kind of taught myself how to knit and I made some scarves and hats and stuff. I did it for a while when I lived in South Carolina. And then I went to Japan and I did not knit. And then we moved to Kentucky. And basically all of that was the end of my (laughs) knitting experience. (laughs) And so I did, I really loved it. And part of it was the moving, I think, but part of it was that I had kind of mastered, mastered is a great, is a (laughs) aggrandizing word there. I think I had kind of gotten figured out the basics of something like a scarf, but I was not ready to do something like a sweater. And so I think part of it was that I lost momentum because the things I had learned to do, I knew how to do okay, but they had gotten a little bit not so interesting, but I needed to go to that next step and I needed help doing that. So actually in Harrisonburg, there is a great yarn shop downtown and they do classes and stuff. So I'm interested in seeing if I could take some of those intro classes and just refresh because there are times that what I really loved about it is that there, I'm always talking in here about, I'm a little bit obsessed with productivity to a fault. I don't think I'm like an extra productive person, but I always am thinking about that kind of thing. And so knitting is nice because, or crocheting, because there are times that you can't be productive in other ways, but you can be doing mm-hmm. that while you're doing something else. And so that's what I like about it. And I think I would enjoy, and it is soothing. I mean, like like a lot of crafts, it, there's a soothing component to it. It's very, there's a lot of continuity and kind of the movement and all of that. And so it's enjoyable in that way too. So I would like to retry that one. I've been away from it for a long time and need to learn again. What about you, Jen? What's your hobby you'd like to try? <laughs> so I'm kind of laughing. So just a glimpse behind the show notes curtain here. I often list multiple things and I feel like I'm looking at my list of two and one of them is aspirational and probably not realistic. <laughs> and one of them is the thing that probably could happen. So the aspirational one is hiking and I like to be outside and in nature probably not going to take that one up anytime soon (laughs) on a regular basis. But the one that is realistic and that I will officially share is crossword puzzles. And I have done those in the past. I think what's holding me back is right now, if I have extra time, I'm reading a lot of that has to do with the podcast. And 
while I can multitask many things, I cannot do crossword puzzles while reading. <laughs> and so <laughs> even listening to audiobooks, I know. If only I could split my brain into. So, but I also think sometimes that obsession with constantly reading is not always healthy. And so yeah, it might be good to have something else to add to my list of hobbies, which right now is reading and watching TV. <laughs> well, Jen, so New York Times has these daily puzzles. Right. That and Mayhan does them obsessively. So you may find that you enjoy that. There's one, it looks like a honeycomb. It is not a crossword. Oh, yeah, where that the B or something. Yes. Yeah. And you build as many words as you can. You you have to use the central letter. And then there are letters around it, and you build as many words as you can. And every day there's a new set. And there it always has an anagram. Mm -hmm. And it always has a certain level of points at which point you are a genius. So I think <laughs> that he obsessively fills it out largely to make sure that he hits the genius level on the, <laughs> That's funny. on the daily goal or whatever. But it does seem like those puzzles seem like they're pretty fun. So that mm -hmm. might be a nice. And a lot of them, there there's a mini crossword that's really quick. And there's a couple of others, but all of them are word related, but mm -hmm. maybe not quite as involved as a full on you know, New York yeah, Times crosswords. That might so. be good. Linda Holmes, who I love from NPR and follow obsessively on Twitter. I love to see her dog updates, which I think I've talked about before. But she always talks about the bee. And she'll be like, if she's stuck on yes. something, she'll put out that she's stuck on the bee or whatever. Is that what it's called? Every just time. Yeah. He lets our kids, you know, kind of play and try to find words too. And every time I see him really focused on his phone, almost always, that's the one he's on, but he does the other ones too. So yeah, mm -hmm. they have a series of them that I forget, I forget exactly how you sign up, but it's not a huge investment and they seem like they're pretty fun. Yeah. I'll have to try that. That might be a good entryway into the bigger crossword, but all right. Well, on Monday, we will have our give me one post on Instagram and our account there is at unabridged pod. So let us know one hobby you'd like to try and you can be as aspirational or non-aspirational as you want. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Unabridged Pod or on the web at unabridgedpod.com for ways to support us. To get more involved, you can sign up for our newsletter, join a buddy read, or become an ambassador. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.